Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Superheroes. Something very exciting happened on November 11th in Pasadena, California at the Boston Court Pasadena Theater. We had an event that was called Love Forward Talks, and it's the first ever Love Forward Talks of what I hope will be many, many Love Forward Talks in the future. Um, The theme of this Love Forward Talks was thanks love giving and it was about how can we insert more love into our current political landscape into our currently divided communities families workplaces how do we insert more love into the holiday season and so I gathered together six amazing speakers who also happen to be dear friends Um, One of them, Jen Pasteloff, is a new friend, but I had six speakers, um, T. Chick McClure, who's been on this podcast, Carol Woodliffe, who's been on this podcast, Jan Caseboat, who's not been on this podcast yet, but she will be one day soon, Deborah Poneman, who's been on this podcast, um, and Ted Lyde, who's also been on this podcast, and you're going to hear from Ted Lyde now, because I decided his talk was so important that I wanted to also have it featured on the podcast. But I want to encourage everybody to go to the Love Forward Talks website. It's loveforwardtalks.com. And you can see the pictures and I'm posting the videos every day of the talks. So by December 1st, all of the talks will be up. Ted Lides just went up today, which is November 28th. So all the talks will be posted there. They're on YouTube. They're on the Superhero of Love channel on YouTube, but you can access them from the Love Forward Talks website. And I encourage you to sign up for updates because the plan is to have Love Forward Talks across the country one day. They're like TED Talks for the heart. So TED Talks are technology, education, and design. Love Forward Talks are for the heart. And they are inspired by my book um, because the goal of my book is the same goal as the Love Forward Talks, which is starting an active conversation, an active inquiry into how we can bring more love into our lives. How can we love and be loved ever more? So that's what these series of talks did that's what ted talks ted's talk (laughs) ted's talk which is a ted talk of course (laughs) ted's talk at love forward talks is precisely that he 
I'm not even going to say anything about this talk. I just love it so much. I'm not going to give it any more of a preamble. I just want to say, enjoy. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Ted Lai, for those who don't know me. Um, I've been asked by one Miss Bridget Fogger to talk about love today, which is a, an interesting assignment, considering I'm well-documented on all the many ways that love has driven my heart off a cliff <laughs> to burn and smolder at the foot of Mount What the Hell Just Happened. <laughs> over and over and over again. Trust me, I, I'm on record. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm a child of the 60s. I was born in the 60s and I, I grew up in the 70s uh, when love was all the rage. <laughs> I, I grew up listening to uh, uh, Barry Manilow and, and Barry White. <laughs> I learned about love uh, between the Partridge family and Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, the Beach Boys, Jackson 5, James Brown. I was all in. There was no wrong answer, as far as I was concerned, regarding love. It was always worth the price of admission. My mother and father got divorced when, when I was very young. In fact, as I was being born, my mother and father were in the process of breaking up. Uh, my mother loved my father, and as divorce does to many people, and wives in particular, when their husbands move out to marry a woman across town who has children of her own from another guy, uh, it's fair to say my mother struggled with resentment <laughs> and anger and depression. Uh, often it felt like she was angry at me. Often it felt like uh, she didn't like me. I felt that way because my name was Ted and my father's name was Ted. <laughs> what you must understand is that she was in the process of breaking up with him when she gave birth to me. So what makes a, a person name their child after a person who is actively breaking their heart what makes them do that? Is it love? I don't know. It didn't feel like a Barry Manilow song. I can tell you that much. So, my mother dealt with depression and sadness. And these were things that I constantly felt like I could help her with far as cheering her up or winning her approval or making her smile. She loved my dad, and, and this situation took her to a low, dark place that she never really did climb out of, which led me to the stage, I, I believe. It's what made me an actor and a comedian and, and all the things that I am now. I went on to college to study acting and theater and and uh, at Wright State University, and then I moved back to Akron and finished school at uh, University of Akron, where I met my wife. Uh, her name was Jamie. We've been married 30 years. 
I love her very much. I was hooked immediately, which is embarrassing. <laughs> it's an embarrassing thing to know in your heart that you've been hooked immediately. <laughs> I still look at her sometimes and I feel just a little resentment <laughs> toward myself because I'm like, oh. And it's, 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 it's just embarrassing. So uh, we, we, we got married. We, we fell in love. We got married. And uh, we lived in Chicago for a while. Then we moved to Los Angeles. She, uh, we got pregnant. And, and uh, we had my daughter, Grace, first. Uh, it was a typical pregnancy. My wife had a little battle with gestational diabetes, which she managed very well. Uh, and Grace was born without a hitch. My son, uh, our second pregnancy, Jackson, uh, was not a, as typical a, a pregnancy. She struggled. Um, she was in a lot of pain and ultimately walking with two canes. It was very scary. And I was constantly asking her if she was okay and should we see a doctor and are you all right and maybe we should do something. And she was always of the mind that everything was okay because her doctor said everything was going to be okay. And that was her reassurance. The doctor says, I'm fine. Uh, for me, it, was, it, was, it didn't feel fine. It felt like I was standing next to a building that was on fire, and I knew that there was a baby inside. It was very, 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 very upsetting. So she had uh, the baby, uh, Jackson, Jackson Chase, and uh, it, was, it was a smooth birth. But then 18 months later, we noticed that he hadn't stood up to walk or actually spoken any words of his own. I'll never forget one day, he finally did stand up. We were watching Sesame Street, and he, and he stood up, and he was uh, very wobbly. He was, he was constantly adjusting his balance to uh, not fall over. He was like a little tiny Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> that needed two canes. He was a beautiful boy, very loud and rambunctious, uh, crawled like the Dickens. But I noticed that, you know, right away that this was not, this was not right. This is not what his sister did. So we took him to uh, the hospital. He had blood drawn, and he was tested for genetic markers that would uh, prove that he had some sort of uh, abnormality uh, as far as his blood. And, and he was fine. His blood was normal. We took him to two different neurologists later, and both of them said that he was, uh, there was nothing that could be done for him. He was most likely injured in the womb. And I was inconsolable. I was furious. I was in a dark place that I didn't think I would ever climb out from. Uh, being a father is, is not easy. Uh, being a father after being a comedian for many years is you're, you're not prepared for what it takes to be 
a parent, and especially what it takes to be the parent of a, a special needs boy or, or child. Um, I like having things my way. I like being told how funny and charming I am. <laughs> I, I like having my own money. <laughs> I like having my wife to myself. I know how this makes me sound. And I assure you that when I'm done with my story of love, you'll see that I am not completely narcissistic. <laughs> I'm more narcissist adjacent. <laughs> my, my daughter uh, went on to 2006. My daughter was starting kindergarten. And my son was in, enrolled in a special needs preschool. Um, my wife got sick. She developed MRSA in her lung and uh, pneumonia. She was in Cedar sinai for uh, 16 days. And uh, I, was, uh, I was not at my best. I was... I was I was not in a good place. I was terrified. Grace was navigating the politics of kindergarten. Jackson was learning how to be social without talking and without biting, which was his expressed way of showing displeasure to his neighbors. So I wasn't that good. I was, I was in a bad place. So I remember... We took the kids to say uh, goodnight to Jamie because she was going to have surgery on the 17th day. She hadn't gotten better at all. None of the antibiotics were working, which is what MRSA does. It's a bug that is, uh, can be defeated by antibiotics. So she had to have surgery in her lung. We brought the kids in to, to, to kiss their mother before the surgery. And Grace was, you know, five, uh, and she was afraid and didn't understand and Jackson didn't understand he could barely be in the room she was Jamie was wearing a mask and she was just gaunt and she looked terrible and it was just terrifying I believe that if we're all lucky we never have to face the worst part of ourselves as individuals uh, I am not that lucky what I remember is as the kids left the room and she and I were there alone, what I wanted to say was, I love you. And there's no substitute for you. We can't do this without you. We need you. What I ended up saying was, this is bullshit. <laughs> You're not even trying to get better. I swear to God, if you leave me with these kids, I will never forgive you. Not my best moment. What I learned in that moment is that love and fear cannot exist in the same place, cannot exist at the same time. Either love is driving, and fear is in the trunk or fear is driving 
And love's not in the car at all. Somehow she's managed to forgive me over the years. She's managed to, to not despise me. It took a while. She's Irish and very angry. <laughs> very tough little woman, very tough. And we joke about it now in the sense that um, I tell her, hey, you know, on the surface, it looks like I was unreasonable. But I think deep down inside, what I knew is that if the pearly gates appeared and a light shone down on you and St. Peter was beckoning you to come join him in heaven, just before you went, you would think to yourself, what did he say to me? <laughs> oh, there's no way he gets the last word. There's no way he gets the last word, especially if those were his last word. And you would come back. And she did. She did. And, and uh, she's still here. We love her. She, she's wonderful. Um, I don't know what to say about love. Uh, I remember before the kids, I, I, I had a strong heart with big oak doors that... I could open and close at will. They weren't always easy to close, but I could close them if I needed to. And then the kids come, and it's like someone takes those doors away and replaces them with those saloon doors that you see <laughs> on Gunsmoke. Where the, why do you even have these doors here? They don't do anything. What do you? Those are the doors that you get when you. Love when you love, when you have children, when you love. And I think that's what makes love so difficult for some people. Because it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's a hard. That's what I tell my daughter. She's 17, and I tell her love is hard. Um, it's not for everybody. If it were, the world would be a much better place for everyone. But it's hard. And people set love aside because it is hard, because it's difficult. And the trick is to, to bet on love and to keep carrying love and to keep finding love and to get used to those flapping doors and to keep moving forward. And that's what we've done. Thank you. was Ted Lide. Check him out on all social media at Ted Lide. Follow his podcast at Learning Not to Swear with Ted Lide, wherever you get your podcasts. And go over to Love Forward Talks and check it out, loveforetalks.com. And don't forget, Superhero Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World is available for pre-order right now. So pre-order it on Amazon or wherever you get your books. And I look forward to next week with you on the Superhero of Love podcast. Thanks for coming, everyone.